Welcome to the audio version of Talking Comic Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego, the weekly live podcast covering everything Comic Con and all the surrounding fun and games in the world of pop culture. This is season four, episode forty-one, recorded on Sunday, the twenty-eighth of May, two thousand and seventeen, and we've got quite the packed show today, featuring two special guest interviews: Emily Mobley from San Diego-based charity Traveling Stories, and Stephen Parker and Stephen Brandon from SDCC Offsite Game of Thrones: The Musical. Three fantastic guests, along with all the news from the world of Comic Con exclusives and a summary of recent developments at Phoenix Comic Con. We hope you'll enjoy this nicely stocked banquet. We wouldn't be able to do what we do with Talking Comic Con if it wasn't for our kind sponsors of our Patreon. Please follow and donate at patreon.com/englishmansdcc. Hello there. So, thank you very much indeed for joining us. This is Talking Comic Con,、uh, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Leon Sultana. Thank you very much indeed for joining us today.、Um, eight and a bit weeks to San Diego Comic Con, two thousand and seventeen. Everyone's getting their plans in place. It's not that far away to go now. It's just getting closer and closer, and lots and lots of things getting lined up in terms of、uh, panels, which are slowly but surely getting revealed to、uh, the people who have、uh, submitted for them, and also、uh, for those who have、uh, put themselves、uh, down for offsite. We're going to be talking about those as well later on.、Uh, but first things first. Let's do my quick introduction of my.、Um, Uh, certainly, my partner in crime. We've got、uh, Alyssa from the Friends of Comic Con Forum. Hello, Alyssa. How are you? I'm well.、Uh, it's it's been a, a quiet week, which we all appreciate after the hecticness. We're still talking about hotels on the on the forum.、Um, of course, Phoenix and and their uh, issues uh, and security over the the course of the past week, but、uh, it's kind of nice to say to to take a moment and. Have the time to go through your closet and start, you know, start thinking about packing, getting ready for the con season, and、uh, as a result, we have two wonderful guests. Well, this, three.、Uh, well, three. three. Yeah, three. 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 Uh, thank goodness,、um, and、uh, we're going to be talking to them about、uh, their efforts. But first things first,、uh, we've got ourselves, Emily、uh, from Traveling so- Stories, who's、uh, joining us. Hello, Emily. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm fine, thank <laughs> you.、Um, now, Emily is、um, somebody who has been making a lot of a, a lot of a splash on social media, especially if you follow Comic Con Twitter、uh, over the, the, the last. Uh, month or so, purely because she has put herself an amazing sweepstake together、uh, to allow someone to attend Comic Con,、uh, to get flights to Comic Con,、uh, to attend a couple of offsite events,、uh, including a, 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 a VIP passes to a, a, a Comic Con offsite party. It's just an amazing package, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. Uh, but uh, I think I, I'd love to talk to you about. Um, what the sweepstake is promoting, and what、uh, traveling stories is all about, because I think it's an amazing, 
uh, effort that you're, you're doing. Uh, first things first, I suppose, uh, an introduction to yourself and the start of Traveling Stories, please. So, so my name is Emily, and Traveling Stories is a nonprofit organization, um, and our whole goal is helping kids fall in love with reading by the fourth grade. And it's an organization that I started seven years ago. Um, I've always loved reading. Books have been like my best friends. And after college, I moved to Honduras, and I was a teacher for a year. And my students were in high school and had never had an opportunity to fall in love with reading. They had never been to li- like the library. They'd never been tucked in with a bedtime story. Um, and so I got to bring all these books to my students in Honduras and I got to watch them fall in love with reading. And it inspired me to start the nonprofit to give that same experience to kids, um, all over the world, but also here in San Diego where I grew up. Um, and you know, at first it was seeing the need internationally, but then it was doing research and finding out that kids in America, um, and kids in, in developed countries as well are struggling to read proficiently. Um, so that's what traveling stories is. It's kind of, what I spend a lot of time talking about, I definitely spend most of my time working on it. Um, but we're really excited to be partnering with um, IDW Publishing and Comic-Con and to be able to do the sweepstakes. All the money that we're raising is going to our programs for the kids. Um, but, you know, as a reader and having grown up in San Diego, Comic-Con is a huge deal. And to be able to offer this prize package, it has hotel, airfare, tickets. It's like something you can't, I mean... It, you it's, can't, it's, it's, it's a, a package you can't, you can't even really buy. buy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that's not even including the VIP experiences. Um, and one of them is meeting Kevin Eastman, who created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And just, you know, like, I don't know. I remember when I first met him. I mean, I personally love the turtles. I liked April. She's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to be a, a journalist um, and why I studied that in college. Um, and then getting to meet him and be like, oh, my gosh, this is the person who, like, thought up <laughs> these characters. Or, you know, one of the two people who thought up those characters. So I'm excited to see who wins um, our prize and excited for them to kind of have that experience. Um, Plus Kevin Eastman is, he's a, he's a really nice, a nice guy. Super, super nice. He really is. (laughs) That's one of the VIP experiences that you're offering. Yes. One of the VIP experiences is a meet and greet with Kevin. um, And the other is the um, pass tickets to the cast party with Winona Earp. And they have season two starting, I want to say, like, June 9th or something. Neat. And their cast, I mean, they're awesome as well. It's a very cool prize. Um, I'd like to talk about uh, certainly traveling stories in terms of um, kind of that connection between Comic-Con, because uh, while Comic-Con has definitely become that uh, a celebration of pop culture, you're definitely talking about the the literary side of uh, of, uh, introducing – I turned around and said on my uh, Periscope talking about today's show that uh, my yeah. local library, you'd know if I ever won the National Lottery or the lottery here in the UK, because suddenly my local library would be the biggest comic library on the planet, yeah. like every graphic novel you could get. Is it kind of, it, I, I can imagine it is kind of that, um, the bringing of art and literature together, which are, gives you that kind of connect with traveling stories with uh, with comics. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we find, so traveling stories, we specialize in engaging reluctant readers. So kids like that, I mean, our whole, everything that we do is to try and get kids who don't like reading to pick up a book. Um, and you know, that's why we set up our programs at farmers markets and, and, and places that you probably wouldn't traditionally go to, to, to read or to get tutoring. Um, and so for the same reason, that's why comics have been just huge for us because a lot of times, 
a kid doesn't want to read a regular book, um, especially I find with the, the boys that come to our program, they may not be interested in some of the books we have, but they're totally interested in Transformers or, you know, just the comics are definitely are probably some of our most popular um, reading material at our programs. And so to be able to kind of come full circle and not only appreciate how comics help us help kids fall in love with reading at our program, but then to, I don't know, I think a lot of times as we get older and if we already appreciate reading, we might forget that other people don't have that yet, or we might forget that. Um, well, yeah, and so well, I, comics for me were the, the stepping yeah. stone for reading because uh, I was, I, I read comics from a very young age, two, three, four. Okay. I was tearing through. Yeah, wow. Be, be, be no, uh, British, British comics here. And then moving on to, uh, to, to books very early on. And it, go, the comics were that, that, uh, that gateway. R- remind me, what's yeah. the age group that you kind of primarily deal with? We, we work with kids two to 12 years old. So right. a pretty big group. Um, so, I mean, so what kind of comics do you kind of use as that gateway? Is there any titles we, that have jumped in? Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think, like, what has been most popular. I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have definitely been very popular. Um, Transformers. Um, Archie. I was wondering. Let's see, Godzilla. <laughs> I was wondering about Bone uh, by Jeff huh? Smith. Bone. Yeah. Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> Oh, I, we, I'm, sure, I'm sure between myself and Alyssa, we can come up with a whole bunch of books. Oh, I, I can see Stephen awesome. looking behind him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an There you go. There you go. <laughs> yes, yeah, thank you. That was awesome. It is. Um, it's actually one, that of, one of the series that got my son interested in reading okay. because he was a late reader. Um, uh, it's a, late reading is is the norm in our family. We usually don't pick up books until about grade three. So I was happy to hear that you you're you're not putting all the emphasis in. You must read by grade one. That's that's oh, a great. Yeah. yeah. But Jeff well, Smith. You know, to, yeah. Jeff Smith. Okay, I'm gonna check that out. We're he's, always looking for more. And uh, he's a, a great, lot of the kids like they'll. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Emily, Smith, you first. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of times, you know, what makes me so happy is when the kids start asking for particular titles, um, because you know when they first start coming, it's kind of like you're you're like asking them a million questions to try to figure out what they're interested in and you're like trying to get them to connect. So when kids start reading more and more, I've noticed they start coming back and they're like, Hey, have you heard of, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And then we can order it. Um, they've been reading a lot of, what is it? Is it Ninjago? N- I forget. Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah. the Lego series. Yeah. I think, yeah. So that's been popular, I'll, but I'll have to check out bones. I, I'm, I I'm certain that our, our audience could also come up with a whole bunch of titles. I mean, off the top of my head, yeah. uh, Pr- Princeless um, by Jeremy Whiteley is uh, another one from Action Lab, which is awesome. also really powerful for uh, young uh, female readers as well, young girls, because hmm. uh, it's very empowering. Uh, so that's a, a title that I'm a, That's a awesome. Fan. Well, yeah. if anyone is watching and they have some suggestions, you guys are welcome to go to my, our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash traveling stories and like leave us a comment or send us a message. We definitely, definitely, definitely are interested in hearing suggestions. Um, what we're doing is getting kids connected with books. And I mean, 
one book does not work for every kid. So the more books that we can learn about, the better, the more effective that we can be. So if you have a suggestion, well, visit, visit us on Facebook. Well, Andrew Dickinson on the um, the Facebook chat room. By all means, guys, if you're watching, jump in on the chat room. Any questions you have for our guests. It's a roundtable event. You know how this works. Do jump in. Uh, Andrew Dickinson saying, so how many books uh, do you have for the project uh, so far? Or are you afraid to add them all up at this point? <sighs> Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for the question. We have so many books. Um, we have, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how many, but I know we have a storage unit full, and then we have another storage space full, and then we have a van that we take to all of our programs, and that's full. So what we do um, is, like, our program's mobile, so we have to keep it kind of light. And what we do is we fill plastic bins with books, and then we take three to four bins to every program, and then we rotate those bins out so that we're bringing new books um, every week. So we set up three times a week at three different farmers markets just in San Diego. And then we have partners who do that in other places. Um, but I'd say we have, you know, a couple thousand books, um, to the point where like, sometimes we have to be like, Hey, thanks for donating. But like, we don't have anywhere to like, can you also donate storage space <laughs> or a van? So do you, do you, are, the, are the books curated uh, at all? Because uh, certainly an issue that uh, came uh, here in the UK, and this is something I wanted to talk, uh, wanted to, talk to you about. Uh, there was a couple of schools here in the UK a couple of weeks back, uh, which actually kind of were down on a number of books because they felt that they yeah. were too uh, immature, as it were, for <laughs> certainly just kind of ease them into other books yeah. uh, and certainly some young uh, fantasy books and uh, young adult books were kind of dismissed uh, by these I, I presume for yourself it's pretty much fair game yeah it's fair game I mean we we take out you know we have to clean through the books and make sure there's nothing like no romance <laughs> novels or you know something kind of crazy um, for kids anyways I mean if you want to read romance novels by all means go for it um but yeah, I think that's kind of also an area where we, we have a lot of freedom. We mention ourselves, um, like we, we love schools, we love libraries, uh, and, and we partner with them, but we also specifically position ourselves as not, not a library. We're outside of that realm. And so by doing that, um, we have a lot of freedom and, and in terms of what kind of books do we have? Um, and it's interesting. I see a lot of kids who will come into our stories and, and they're like, Oh, I'm a level Q reader at school. Like, where are your level Q books? And I'm like, uh. That's not how we work. <laughs> not how we work. Yeah. I'm like, hey, good for you. I'm glad you're a level Q or whatever. But, um, I was like, here, you, you know, here at the story tent, you can read whatever it is that interests you. Um, and at the story tent, kids read books out loud to volunteers. So it's like a lot of one on one. It's not just one volunteer reading to everyone. Um, so kids are reading out loud to volunteers. And for every book they read, they get, um, fake money called book bucks. And so that's where, like, if a 10-year-old who has a strong reading level is reading, you know, something really, really, like, a kindergartner book, we won't pay them a book buck, but they can still read it. But we're just, you know, we're like, hey, like, that's below, your, you know, you need to challenge yourself. And, and it's, we're always emphasizing, like, holding them accountable to what we believe they're, they're capable of. Um, so that's, that's kind of our driving force. So we have a ton of books, lots of immature books, <laughs> and lots of, you know. Pretty much everything. Anything kids like, we have. Well, yeah, Kitty Gunn's asking, uh, is it just comic? Oh, well, is it comics or is it other reader books too? What's the kind of percentage between great question. the kind of, the, the kind of content? That's a great question. I've never really even thought about that. Um, but thinking now, I'd say about probably only about 20% of our books are comics. 
Um, and then the rest are, you know, picture books. And then we have early reader books and chapter books. Um, but since we're working with kids who are two to 12 years old, we have, we try to keep a, a pretty wide, <laughs> wide variety of, of challenge level. Um, and with that too, the kids, so like if a kid reads a chapter book like Harry Potter, it's worth a lot more than reading a little picture book in terms of book bucks. Um, so a kid might be able to negotiate for like 30 book bucks by reading Harry Potter. Um, and, and a lot of times too, like another question we might have come up or that I get a lot is, you know, do kids get to take the books home or do they keep the books? Do you give books away? And so we, we definitely, definitely, definitely want kids to be reading at home. Um, so we're, we're definitely encouraging them to take the harder books and we're saying, Hey, take it home and finish it at home and come back next week and we'll, you know, give you your book books. Um, and then anytime kids want to take a book home, we, um, we encourage that, but it's kind of funny. We, we did a few book giveaways, um, and kids didn't want the books. They were like, man, whatever. There's like so many, they're free. Like they're not very valuable, but then we started not giving them away and either selling them for like a really, really cheap amount, like 25 cents. Or just like making it more like the book, I guess I'll bend the rules and let you take it home. And they're like, Oh my gosh, yay. And I'm like, this is the same book that you didn't even want. So anything we can do to, you know, foster a love for reading and get kids reading more, both at the program and at home, um, we're, we're all about it. Anything we can do. With the, with young kids, it's something I was always, also <laughs> always curious about with young kids. Do you find that it's newer material that they've heard about, like your Harry Potters? Like, um, oh. so for example, here in the UK, there's a book series called Artemis Fowl, which I'm a big fan of. But, yeah. it's, but it's only within the last sort of like <laughs> 10 years or so when that's been written. Or do they actually do go back to stuff like Lord of the Rings, uh, the C.S. Lewis stuff, yeah, old yeah. books? Or do, is, do, is there kind of that disconnect with... Older, it's in much the same way as like kids going, oh, well, that's black and white movie. I'm uh, uh, not interested. Black and white movie, not interested. Yeah. CG, let's have computer generated stuff. (laughs) Yeah, right, 3D and all that. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, there's just as much appeal. I'd say they're reading anything that interests them. And I think a lot of it has to do with our volunteers. Um, You know, because I don't think we would be successful if we didn't have the volunteers we do because having boxes of books and kids is not enough. You need to have that person who's that cheerleader for books and who kind of like gets kids involved. And so I have seen, I've observed that, you know, our, our volunteers have a big influence in terms of what kids hear about in, in regards to books. And so, you know, I love Lord of the Rings. I love the Hobbit. I love Nancy Drew. So I'm constantly pushing all of those. <laughs> um, and some of the kids pick them up and, you know, it's interesting. We had this little girl, Malika, who's, 11. She's been reading with us since almost day one. Um, and she, she's like, Emily, can you get Gary Paulson to come visit us? I just finished the hatchet and it was so good. <laughs> and I was like, I, I think he might be dead. I don't, I don't actually know. What like. But, um, you know, she was so excited. And so that, I mean that, and she found that on her own. So she just was like, yeah, it looked adventurous. I wanted to try it out. So I think it's, you know, it's a mix and it definitely, um, they're, they're definitely open to suggestions. So, I'd say the volunteers have a lot of power in that sense. <laughs> it also sounds like the kids get really interactive and so like, yeah, they start, they, I can imagine they start kind of tentative coming into, yes. uh, into the space, but next thing you know, they're kind of like the training. <laughs> yeah. The training Actually just yesterday, 
Yeah, they get very bold. Um, just yesterday, so I was at our story tent here in City Heights, and um, there's this little girl and a little boy. The girl just turned four, and the boy's five, and they are just, they're a hoot, and they're so cute, and up until this point, They've been really loving and, like, sweet and giving me hugs and, you know, like, oh, we love Emily. But then I don't know what happened, but yesterday they decided that I can't play with them anymore. And so they, like, put me on timeout. <laughs> and they're just so, I mean, like, they're they're, ador- they're still adorable. But, yeah, they definitely, like, the kids, because they're coming every, every, like, every single week. And they definitely figure out the system. They get to know you. They trust you. You build up this rapport. And then sometimes you know, go south and they start bossing you around. So I legitimately got put on like timeout in my own program. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So let's talk about yeah. uh, the uh, sweepstake. How did that even start? I mean, where, where did you kind of come yeah. up with an idea for even running that? Yeah, that's a great question. We have, I have a friend at um, a co- the company Tapcat who does sweepstakes and she, she had just shared with me um, a successful sweepstakes that she did with, with another nonprofit and how I brought in a lot of money. Um, and she's like, you know, you should think about this. This is something we could do with traveling stories. And so we were brainstorming. We were like, what, what kind of prize do people want, you know, and, and going through our Rolodex of, you know, just what even would be feasible. And we were like, oh my gosh, Comic-Con, like that would be so amazing. I wonder if we could partner and we wonder if they would say yes. Um, and so we reached out to IDW and Ted over at IDW is on my board of directors. So that was kind of easy you know, just to be like, hey, what do you think? Is this a win-win? He's like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so we, we got IDW support, and then they helped us with Comic-Con, um, and then Comic-Con was super sweet. And that was, it took a little bit longer because we had to get approval from a lot of people, and we had to, like, draft up this whole agreement to be able to use their name and stuff like that for, you know, a certain amount of time. Um, and just getting all the artwork approved. And, you know, when you have a big organization such as theirs, you have to be careful about who's using your logo and how it's being used. So... Um, so then, yeah, and I mean, we, 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 I remember we, when, when did it all I, start? When did, when did it all, it all started? I'm trying to think. We put it together pretty quickly. Um, what is today? May? End of May? <laughs> we launched at the end of April. I think we started working on it like March. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe February, March, February, Marchish. So, and we were, we were even like, man, this is going to be like, Normally, you would run those sweepstakes longer, um, according to Tapcat. So, so it was a little bit of a, uh, an experiment. We're like, let's try. It. I remember we were waiting on some approvals from people before we could make the site go live, um, right before WonderCon. And I was going on vacation in Mexico, and so I was like, oh no, like I'm not gonna have internet. Like I really hope this comes together. <laughs> um, and it did. It came together. We were able to launch at WonderCon, um, and it's going strong. So our goal is. To raise thirty thousand um, dollars, which will provide for uh, reading support and a story tent for a whole year, which will help at least five hundred more kids um, fall in love with reading. And today, I think last time I checked, we were like around eleven thousand. So, um, so hopefully, you know, we've got about two weeks left of the sweepstakes, and and hopefully, we can get to that thirty thousand mark. That'd be fantastic. Uh, we've got a question from Andrew Dickinson. Uh, so how do you, yes. how do your kids in the programs uh, react to Comic-Con? And do they get upset <laughs> that sometimes they can't get in? Because, of course, I mean, Comic-Con, CCI, really do mm. push for promoting 
uh, kids to come into uh, to the event. Yeah. Uh, the whole uh, free uh, badges for kids yes. and all that. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah. uh, how how do they react? To that? <laughs> um, that's a great question, and I'm kind of I don't know if I should <laughs> I don't know if I should answer honestly, but uh, the truth is, like a lot of the kids that we work with are not even very familiar with Comic Con. So, which is kind of crazy, but, um, we work with a lot of kids who, a lot of them have moved here from other countries. A lot of them, um, you know, their, their situations and their lifestyles are different. And, and I mean, to the point even where like we've invited them to events, um, and they couldn't go because they, they don't drive on freeways or, I mean, that's not all of them. So I think Comic Con is just a little bit more. Like they've, some of the kids have heard about it and some of them are really excited about it and they would love to go. Um, especially more of the kids, like the older kids. Um, and some of the other kids are just like, I don't care. Like I want to stay here and earn money and buy prizes. Like I don't need to go with a bunch of people. That sounds crazy. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it is crazy. Um, I can, I can, about... I can imagine like a cosplay, um, yeah. meet up for, uh, traveling stories where people, uh, well, the kids get, dress up as, yeah. Uh, characters from their favorite books. I thought that oh, yeah, that be so would be a cute. nice little tie into the whole so Comic Con experience. With the kid, like we we recently about a year or two ago, we got funding to buy a van, which we use like a big twelve passenger van. We use it to transport our materials for the programs, but we can also do field trips. Um, so we talked about bringing kids, um, like you know, ten or twelve kids to Comic Con on a field trip. Um, but having gone to Comic Con myself and how crazy it is, I'm like, I don't know if I want to take. You know, me and another adult, I don't know if we can be responsible for 10 kids and not, <laughs> not lose them or something. So, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's also, it kind of helps. Um, we haven't taken them to Comic-Con, but we have done a lot. IDW has a comic art gallery here in San Diego, and it's really interactive. Um, Kevin Eastman is, is part of it as well. And so we have taken the kids there on field trips. Um, and I feel like Ooh. that's kind of been a mini Comic-Con experience, and they get a lot of hands-on a lot of um, attention. TJ is the, the gallery manager, and he knows everything about comics. Um, and so I think for now, that's kind of a more that's manageable the, that's, experience. Yeah, that's the connect. Yeah. That's the connect. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, a lot of the kids, they draw and they write, and I, I think they, they're they interested in creating their own comics. Um, but in terms of, like, pop culture and Comic-Con, they're, they haven't quite – they're not super interested yet. Fair enough. Okay, just a couple of quick questions, just to uh, to uh, yeah. wrap things up. Uh, Andrew English is asking: Is the sweepstakes North America only, or is it a worldwide open competition? It is worldwide, so anyone in the world can enter. But the airfare is only U.S., so you got to get yourself to the U.S. and then we'll fly you from wherever you are to San Diego. I'm cancelling my flights and I'm going to fly into Florida. You're going to have to sort that out. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yes. And. Just to uh, let everyone know where we can find out or where people can find out more about the sweepstakes and enter. Where's the best place to go? Um, the best place to go is like our Twitter feed or our Facebook page. Um, but the actual website for the sweepstakes is tapcat. Gosh, I should know this. Tapcat.com. <laughs> and then a bunch of things after that, like sweepstakes, Comic-Con, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think maybe we can post it on here, like, or maybe if you go to Traveling Stories, um, Facebook page, I know we are posting it there, like, all the time, obnoxiously. We're obnoxiously posting it on social media. Um, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, and you'll have no choice but to see the link. Excellent stuff. What's the, um, Facebook, uh, well, what's the, yeah, Facebook and Twitter address? 
Um, Facebook.com slash traveling stories. We spell it with one L. Sorry. Um, and then Twitter is T-R-V-L-I-N-G stories. Andrew English has jumped in on the uh, chat room and uh, oh, yeah. put the uh, the address there. Yeah, it's traveling stories. Traveling stories. Tapcat. Org slash win comic dash con experience slash Graham Small. Yes, Entry one. now. We've got a bunch of people who are, are jumping in on Yay. that. Yay! Yay! And the stuff. more you um, so every like it's a dollar per entry basically. So ten dollars gives you ten entries, and that all goes to traveling stories. Um, so you can feel really good about it. You know, the more, um, the more you, the more you, the more chances you get, the more kids get to read. And just to give everyone an idea of like how far that money goes, $5 a month of the story 10 experience. So like for like reading support for a whole month for one child, $5, one month of reading support. You see, this um, is that's amazing. Want, this is why I wanted Emily on. This is it's a great yeah. cause. It's a great cause. Uh, so Emily, thank you very much indeed for jo- joining thank us. I wish you all the very best. When does the sweepstake come to a close? June 14th. And then we'll be announcing a winner within a week after that. Okay. And uh, one last yeah. question. Kitty Gunn has asked, yes. will you be set up around Comic-Con? Sorry. Well, say that one more time. Will you be set up around Comic-Con? Oh, um, no. I'll be wandering around. Uh, we <laughs> might have a little bit of a, something at the IDW table or IDW booth. But if anyone's in San Diego um, or you're in San Diego for Comic-Con, we do have our story tents Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So if you want to break, I know you don't really want to leave the convention, but if you're in town and you ever want to stop by and see a story tent um, in action, uh, I would love to give you a tour, show you around, um, or you can stop by on your own as well. Uh, our schedule for the programs is on our website, travelingstories.org. Um, story tent locations and we've got, we've got a bunch and we actually just opened new ones in, um, Arkansas and we're about to open one in Nashville. So if anyone listening is in those areas, um, check out our website, see where and when those story tents are happening and, you know, come check it out or bring your kids. I think I might just have to drop by. I think I'm going to have to. You uh, should. I'll take you. I'll take you. It'll be so much fun. The kids will love you and you'll love them. They're so cute. Oh, they're a pain in the butt sometimes, but they're so cute. (laughs) Who's that that tall, slightly chunky English person? I don't know about that. Uh, That's great. Excellent. Um, Emily, thank you so much indeed for joining us today and all the very best with the sweepstakes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And please, guys, go and enter. And thank you so much. Have a great day. No worries. No worries. Excellent stuff. Uh, yeah, um, we're going to uh, put those links up on the Twitter feed as well. We're going to reshare uh, so people can find out more. But do check it out. It's one hell of a prize. Uh, like I say, uh, internal uh, d- uh, domestic flights within the U.S., uh, tickets into or badges inside of uh, Comic-Con, uh, IDW, uh, Kevin Eastman, the whole works. It really is just an amazing setup. Do check that out. Brilliant stuff. Um, that was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. So, we have ourselves uh, some more guests. Uh, let's, let's keep the ball rolling. We have ourselves uh, Stephen and Stephen. And I want to make sure I get the right ones <laughs> with the right ones. I want to connect the, the dots on this one. Um, so this is uh, Stephen and Stephen from Game of Thrones musical. Uh, tell us all about yourself, guys. Uh, yeah, and, uh, what, what are you up to? So firstly, hi, I'm Aussie Steve, Stephen Brandon. Uh, God bless the Queen. <laughs> Uh, and we've got American Steve, Hi, Stephen I'm Christopher Steve, Parker. I'm Stephen Christopher Parker. I'm, I'm American. 
That's our one. Outsider, you're such an outsider on this podcast. That's our one differentiating quality. We're the same person on the other Otherwise, <laughs> yes. We, we, you can't see, but we're actually connected below, and we're just wearing, <laughs> promoting our show. Uh, but uh, we met many years ago, and in 2014, we uh, co-wrote and I directed Lost the Musical, which was six seasons of Lost in one musical, and that was a giant endeavor. And I said, Stephen, this was fantastic. Never do it again. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Last year, he calls me and says, Stephen, let's do it again. Game of Thrones, the musical. And I said, you have to sit me down and watch the pilot with me and explain to me what the hell is going on. Because I've tried to watch Game of Thrones twice before, and I couldn't get it, and I gave up after one. Uh, and I'm, I'm the biggest Game of Thrones nerd in the world. I can tell you all about the universe. So I sat him down. I said, this is what these people are. This is Castle Rock. This is the Lannisters. These are the Targaryens. This, this old white man with a beard, which is different from this old white man with a beard, which is different from this old white man with a beard. <laughs> Um, and then I binge watched all 60 episodes in about three weeks. I'm totally hooked. Love it. Love it. Uh, and then we wrote uh, a parody musical, uh, making fun of Game of Thrones. Yep. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I mean, we decided the best, we did all six seasons of Lost and it was uh, three hours. It was a big everything. It was Les Miserables of Lost. Yes, basically. basically. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the Ned Stark show. We're going to do season one, book one. It's more of a, a reintroduction to the show. Uh, and then we sort of outlined what key points we want to pay attention to, what character flaws. I mean, we all love Arya and Jon Snow right now, but if you go back to season one... They were not the, the strongest characters. Like, Jon was this character that was constantly getting crapped on by his whole family, and we really played into the fact that he was the unloved one for so long in the show. So. Yeah, uh, Sansa just wanted to become queen. Uh, Ari didn't have too much to do. She wasn't really sure what was going on. So we kind of played with that and sort of made fun of that in our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we, um, we just, we did original music. When we did Lost, we did parody songs. Uh, this is original music. So we wrote lyrics to 12 new songs and we hooked up with these, uh, this husband and wife team. Uh, and they created Once Upon a Time, the rock opera. This is a one hour video you can catch on YouTube and they tour around and do a shadow cast. It's a parody of the Once Upon a Time TV show, and they wrote our music and musically directed our show, so we have 12 original songs. Uh, you can go to gotthemusical.com <laughs> and hear a sample of all the songs. In oh fact, you God. can even go to cdbaby.com and purchase the musical uh, Steven, soundtrack. you're shameless. You're shameless. <laughs> I'm the producer. But how, how long has Game, Game of Thrones musical been running? Because it's actually it's not just something for San Diego, is it? It's, it's a full touring. Is it a full touring production? Uh, so we, we originally launched in Los Angeles. We ran for uh, 10 weeks in Los Angeles. We did 40 performances. And uh, now we're heading to San Diego uh, for uh, eight shows over three days. And after that, uh, who knows? This um, is the first stop in our tour. San Diego is our first <laughs> We have invites from other, <laughs> from other cities. We'll see uh, if anything comes to fruition. So, First stop on your tour, further dates to be confirmed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This tour cool. does well. We could go to other places. We could go to insert city name here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your place. So how how long has, um, I mean, has it been within a year to put this together then? Yeah, we actually started writing in June of last year. We finished the wow. book in October and the music. Uh, we started rehearsing in November uh, and we started running in uh, late January, early February. So Yeah, we, we debuted February 10th in Westeros, Hollywood. Uh, and we ran 10 weeks. We actually have two casts. The, uh, it's February, March, April. We're in Los Angeles, which is pilot season. A lot of actors, 
We had a book for other things. We didn't want to have so many understudies, so we created two castles. One we call House Lannister, one we call House Targaryen, and they did four shows a week, so they did two each. And then when someone shot a movie, this person would fill in for this person. Uh, but it really, you know, it gave us a big audience. And you can come and see the show twice. It's the same script, but the cast is different. different they do different, nice. different jokes, different buttons, different mm-hmm. scenes, different costumes. And we're bringing both casts to San Diego. Mm-hmm. So, like, on Thursday night, uh, you know, first night of official Comic-Con, we're going to do a 6 o'clock show with House Lannister, a 9 o'clock show with House Targaryen. Uh, then on Friday, there's two Targaryens, and we're doing a late midnight after dark show on Friday night. So it's going to be even more naughty. Even <laughs> yeah, more. I, I, I saw the words after dark performance and I was just going, okay, is this Game of Thrones the musical, the all nude version? No, 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 it's not. <laughs> yes. Because no, obviously the television show, it's dragons and tits. The nothing. after dark version, it's more of the latter. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's a version with all the inappropriateness you want and desire in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people come to you know, is this safe? Is this safe for kids? I'm like, if your child has seen Game of Thrones, the TV show, then our musical is definitely safe because we're only taking what they give uh, and making fun of it. Uh, but there's a lot of innuendo, and it's Game of Thrones, so there's a lot of innuendo. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Even you are shameless. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Um, although, as, as a Benny Hill fan, you know, yeah, I get it. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Um, certainly, when it comes to the, the stuff that you did last year, I mean, what was your experience uh, doing Lost the Musical? I mean, the, the question that I really wanted to ask you is how on earth do you attract attention when you've got all the noise of San Diego Comic-Con going on? Because uh, obviously you're, you had a lot of fun doing it. But um, what was your experience doing Lost? Well, Lost was really interesting. We have a, we had a lot of really positive attention from former cast members of Lost. Uh, Jorge Garcia came to see the show. Rebecca Mater came to see it, who played Charlotte. Uh, we had a lot of, I think we had seven returning cast members. Yeah, we ran the show. We debuted uh, September 22nd, which was the 10th anniversary of the pilot airing. So we had a publicist, and we sort of let everyone know that it's the 10th anniversary of your favorite show. Uh, it's coming back in musical form. Relive all six seasons. Uh, and that brought a lot of people. Jorge, as Steve said, came to see the show. He mentioned it on the radio, and then we were kind of uh, sold yeah. out after that. Yeah, after Jorge mentioned on K-Rock, uh, basically that sh- it was just a f- clear guide to sold-out shows after that. So wow. Game of Thrones, we're, we've been very fortunate that it's such an avid fan base of Game of Thrones fans that really want all they can get of their extended universe of Game of and Thrones. And everybody, like, we debuted in uh, February because we knew Game of Thrones was not on television that people were missing it. Where, where else are you going to go on Sunday night if you can't see it on HBO? Come and watch our show. Yeah. And now, so we're going to end up debuting uh, on the 20th in San Diego, four days after season seven premieres. So season seven's on the 16th of July. All the buzz is back. Everyone's excited for it. We're going to have to quickly write some new jokes <laughs> just to include some new information from that first episode and slap it into the show. And then, you know, hopefully people who are there to see the panel uh, will also come and see us. Cool. I mean, that's the other thing as well that I always like to ask people who are organizing off-site stuff. Although I think this is slightly different for yourselves because you're more the uh, the evening. Do you, I mean, what's your con experience like? Do you get to the chance to actually go and check out the rest of uh, San Diego and then well, quickly hot-foot it to the theater? Or yeah, do, you spend uh, your, do you spend your day sorting the show? Well, it's funny you ask. We're going to be doing, of course, massive rehearsals and, you know, last minute things. And, you know, it's, it's musical theater. So it's always a push to the last minute, but we actually have a booth inside Comic Con. 
Uh, we're going to be partnering with the Golden Apple booth. It's booth uh, 1806. 1806 in the con. Uh, and we'll be selling tickets and giving out merchandise and doing fun stuff with cast members in that booth all throughout the con. So We have, um, because we have two cast members, while well, one cast is rehearsing in the theater, the other cast is walking around in costume or handing out flyers and checking out the con. Ooh. And some of us have passes, so we'll be actually at the booth selling tickets. Uh, this is my 11th year at Comic-Con. Uh, and the, like the first year that I'm actually have doing something off-site myself, working-wise. So I'll be floating in and out of both, but I'm like, when's the Game of Thrones panel? You might have extra insight. We heard it was Friday. We don't know when it is. Because <laughs> when people are waiting in Hall H, in the line to Hall H, 6,000 people waiting in line, we're going to serenade them with a song from the musical. Yeah, we're going to come out with our boombox and our cast. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. What is, background? what is your background in, in musical theater or improv or, or what uh, what have you guys done? I, I know you talked about Lost, but prior to that, uh, so, have you been- uh, yeah. I'm a former child actor. Um, I've, I'm still an actor. I, I make my living off acting. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be in a, a lot of good projects over the years. You've seen this face in many commercials in the movie Rebound with Martin Lawrence. Uh, 14 episodes of ER. This is a very familiar face to you. Uh, I've been very fortunate in my career as an actor. Um, and, uh, I'm a, I'm a UCB Groundlings alum. I've done improv for years. As a writer, Lost was my first massive endeavor into a musical theater book, but I've, I've done musical theater for years. Um, well, I should say until my voice changed and then I no longer could sing. And then I had to kind of take a background to the uh, behind the scenes. <laughs> I ran my own theatre company in Sydney, Australia, uh, so I produced a lot of shows there. I uh, used as well, but I don't do a good American accent. In fact, I don't even do a good Australian accent because it's kind of combined <laughs> after all these years. So I stick to it. Wonderful. Wonderful. I was just wondering because I, I, having done enough musical theatre in my past to never want to do it again, um, not being a big fan of it. <laughs> I, well, not if, from a, a technical perspective, not from an actor's perspective. Uh, I, I just was wondering how deep was the love for musical theater? And uh, you've answered my question. Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> my first love, musical theater, is tied with my, with my second. And so. all of our cast <laughs> love the show and love each other and uh, love musical theater as well. Cool. When it comes to uh, Game of Thrones musical, I mean, you're saying you, you've uh, done these original songs. Is there any touchstones or any musicals, uh, or what's the styles that you've uh, you've gone to uh, for the the songs? It's a very rock and roll musical. We we definitely had oh, an influence cool. from Rent. We had an influence from a uh, School of Rock. Like it's a very very mm-hmm. big like uh, you know rock and roll, get in your face, make you like make you jive in your seat sort of musical. So we definitely said we have to give Tyrion a solo number because he's such a star, and his number is called "You Can't Kill Me." Uh, because we're never going to kill off Peter Dinklage. He's our, everyone's favourite character. He's so, won two Emmys. He's won two Emmys. So while everyone is dying, he has a solo number, which may or may not include tap dancing di- direwolves. Yes, there are tap dancing direwolves. Uh, <laughs> are in the You Can't Kill Me number. Uh, and what else? Give us some, what are some other uh, So we, we actually had a song that may or may not be in the musical. We're, we're still debating it. We wrote a song that we ended up not using in our L.A. run, that we might use in our San Diego run, called Spoiler Alert, which spoils everything that's ever happened in Game of Thrones in three minutes of musical glory. <laughs> <laughs> in three minutes? Now, that's impressive. 
Yeah. It's not the fact you're going to include a song you call you do in three minutes. Yes. Three minutes, we get everything out. We get Cersei's Walk of Shame. We get everyone that's been killed. We get everything that Game of Thrones fans will not want to hear if they haven't seen the show. Now, something also that's great about our show is it's also for people who've not seen Game of Thrones. We had a lot of people come and were like, I've never seen the, mu- the, the TV show, but I'll watch this musical. And this was a really funny introduction to the show. And they're like, oh, this kind of makes sense. I get it. Now I'll go and watch the real show. So if you have friends out there who haven't seen the TV show, don't fret. You can still come and enjoy our show and then actually might turn you on to the TV series. Mm-hmm. At which point I can also imagine you'll be handing out earplugs uh, for the spoiler alert song. Just, yeah, just bang them in. Three yes. minutes. We'll, we'll wave flags. You'll be, you'll be fine. Well, it's funny. Be- First uh, 30 seconds, we say, anybody who needs to leave now, please get out before we spoil everything. <laughs> Excellent stuff. I also like the idea that it's a rock uh, kind of sensibility to the whole thing. I didn't think Game of Thrones meets the sound of music was going to quite work. <laughs> I, I did, yeah, I thought that would be just the one. Um, got Karen Session, who's saying, uh, these guys are not going to get any sleep during Comic-Con, at which point I did reply, well, welcome to the club. Who, yeah. who, who gets sleep during Comic-Con? But, uh, you know, it, it sounds like you are really ramping up your um, your, what, your timetable throughout the, the, the year. Uh, Kitty Gunn is asking, is the musical uh, Cliff Note version, or is this the musical Cliff Note version of the book's show? Um, yeah, so is it kind of like a condensed version of uh, the whole books? Is it the books or the show? So it's, it's, it's most more. It's the so the books. Oh, sorry, the show is a streamlined version of the books. Our show is a streamlined version of the show. So our first number is called uh, a story of a story of a Game of Thrones. Our big opening number because we are a story of a story of a Game of Thrones. <laughs> so we're we're season one. We're season one. We basically we make references to all the seasons. We we have jokes from every single plot point that's happened in the show. But our story is essentially season one. We start with Ned and his family in Winterfell, and we end in King's Landing with some unfortunate stuff happening. Uh, <laughs> it's no it's no spoiler alert to let you know that the final yeah. song is called Heads Will Roll. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. Uh, yeah, I suddenly I've got the there's a, the dance track. Uh, yeah, 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 in my head. Okay, fair enough. Um, Andrew Dickinson, um, why do I get a reduced Shakespeare Company vibe? No, I totally get that. I mean, I pres- uh, you're aware of, of them, uh, them guys, perhaps. Yeah, uh, but- a of, yeah, a lot of play, you know, they'll take everything and, and condense into one. Yeah, and, and, and it, that's, yeah. The fun, that's the fun. None of the boring table meetings where they're just talking about what they're going to do, or just the fun stuff, just the incest and sex. We just jump from <laughs> to Red Wedding. We get all the fun in one, in one place. <laughs> Well, that was going to be my next question. How much, uh, I'm presuming there's a song or two all about the Red Wedding. Uh, so we have a song called All Men Must Die, which may or may not mention a lot about, you know, season two stuff, uh, the stuff that might happen down the pipeline. Uh, you know, don't get too attached to the characters you're watching on stage. <laughs> they might not be around very long. Yes, there are there are some characters who stay their entire character the whole show, and then some characters, some actors who plays a variety of characters because once one character, they can play a different character. <laughs> that happened a lot in Lost. We had one guy he played Charlie, and then he played Daniel Faraday, and then he kept playing different uh, Charles Widmore, and I think he died seven times in Lost yeah. the Musical. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Karen Session, these guys made me want to see the show, and I don't watch Game of Thrones. There you go. That's what we're all about. Say hi, um, Karen. See Comic Con. Karen, you are my favorite person in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what else? Uh, Graham Small. Now, this question I can understand could possibly 
<laughs> rub you up the wrong way, but we'll see how it goes. Um, did the guys get annoyed when Coldplay stole their idea on Red Nose Day? So, Coldplay technically came before us, but yes, we are angered at Coldplay for getting punch. <laughs> no, no. If you like what Coldplay did, this is that same thing, uh, but ninety minutes but better. better. And everyone, yeah, everyone but, gets a number. Uh, yeah. and, uh, it's basically if you want to see more of your favorite characters doing what they do in, uh, in theater format, then our show is the perfect thing for you. So, yeah, so basically, uh, it, Coldplay did their thing, but Game of Thrones the musical, as you, as you will see performed in San Diego, is written by proper songwriters, uh, proper musicians. Uh, and not, not just Coldplay group or whoever. That, that, not that Coldplay <laughs> jumped up art school nonsense that they do. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they just repeat the same words over again. It's yeah. fish. That was a really anyway. funny pitch for Red Nose Day, uh, and that was great for them. Uh, and we're doing a full production. Yeah. How many people are in the cast? Uh, so we have two casts of fourteen people each. Uh, we've got uh, yeah, fourteen people, six girls, and and uh, and uh, what's my math here? Eight, <laughs> Eight boys. <laughs> And we actually have a narrator in the show, someone who narrates the show, uh, and it's actually our version of George R. R. Martin. George sits in the balcony, watches the show, comments. He sits at his typewriter, but he doesn't type one word the entire show. He's trying to write his... <laughs> he's so distracted. Please tell me there's an interactive version where people can take popcorn to throw at the narrator. Say, hurry up! Hurry up before you die! Hurry up! Book eight! Book eight! <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, so, it, can you well just wrap up uh, in terms of the um, the dates and also how people can find out more about uh, Game of Thrones and buy tickets? So, we're playing eight shows over three days, July twentieth to the twenty third at the Tenth Avenue Arts District, just a ten minute walk from the Gas Lamp District. Uh, so basically, gee, this doesn't to... sound like you're reading this out from anything. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, head to uh, gotthemusical.com gotthemusical.com, which is our website, and you'll see all the information there. Uh, tickets are available. Uh, there are three tiers of tickets, actually. You can buy yourself a standard ticket. You can get a VIP ticket, which will include a drink and a signed poster and uh, priority seating. Or you can get a platinum pass, which is open bar all night, drink, 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 plus a soundtrack and a poster and reserved seating. Uh, so there's different levels. We are actually, as Stephen said, we're at the 10th Avenue Arts Center. There is a theater on the bottom floor, which we'll be in. But there's also a rooftop bar on the fifth floor. And we're going to be nice. having entertainment, live entertainment. Some of our cast are going to be doing uh, trivia and playing music and doing stand-up. So if you come to the 9 o'clock show, you can come up at 6 or 7 o'clock, have some drinks, meet the cast, then come down to the 9 o'clock show. Likewise, if you see the 6 o'clock show when the show is over, you can come up to our roof and hang up and drink more. Uh, before the nine o'clock show. Oh, uh, what a very clever marketing scheme! Yes, yeah, so we're going to eat night with us. You don't just have to see the musical. There's a lot more to do as well. Yep. Cool. Is there any uh, to like teasers to the score or to the songs? Is there any YouTube um, clips? Is well, there any? Even there is a the, the uh, there's nothing on YouTube except for our trailer. But do you want to give them a little serenade of our of our of our first song? Or, uh, Hello from Winterfell. Uh, well, you don't want to hear us sing it, but. <laughs> Hello from Winterfell, up here it's cold as hell. Rule with an iron fist, we're the main protagonists. And cut. Our cast does a much better job than we do. <laughs> you can type in Game of Thrones, the musical trailer, and you'll see a couple of trailers. You'll see some costumes, you'll see what, you know, even on the website, you can see our trailer at gotthemusical.com. 
I am going to do my best to uh, spread the word and put certainly put the uh, the YouTube. Tra- I mean, I've, I think the YouTube trailer's up on our the, the competition page, but I'm definitely going to keep resharing the uh, the video because from what I've seen of it, it looks incredible. I look, I it's. I mean, I'm not a Game of Thrones massive fan, and I'm just I'm I'm stoked for this. It looks amazing. Uh, it does. People- it does. I mean, I even am thinking about going and seeing a musical theater production, which I, I would never have ever thought of doing that in my in my life. <laughs> so that's I hats off to you guys and really looking forward to it. Is the after hours show going to be both on Friday and Saturday night? Yes. No, no. The midnight oh. show is the after dark show is just Friday night. Oh, that, on okay. Saturday night, there's a big official party on a boat, uh, which is Game of Thrones themed. And we're actually going to take the cast to that boat party and do a few songs, a few cabaret songs. So nice. that's what our plan is on Saturday night. Uh, we're kind of affiliated with them. So Friday night is our only midnight show. Every other night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we have 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. Uh, that's, that's six shows. Then we have the bonus Friday midnight and Sunday at 1 o'clock. If you don't want to go to all that kid programming and you don't want to go <laughs> in traffic, come and see our uh, Saturday, Sunday 1 p.m. matinee. Perfect. This sounds awesome. I'm, I mean, we've got people there. Yeah, Graham Small sounds awesome. Uh, Colin Kidd, uh, this sounds amazing. Uh, Andrew Dickinson, you also need to speak to Paul and Storm. Who's that? Um, I, think that I think that might be directed at me. I'm not too yeah, sure. Okay. Who knows? Anyway, anyway. Uh, no, Daenerys Stormborn, but we don't know a Paul Stormborn. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much indeed for coming on the show. I'm really, I'm stoked for this because it's just such a, a it sounds amazing. It just really sounds like a, a, a so much fun. In person and seeing you in San Diego. Cool. Excellent stuff. One more time. Best place for people to find out to go. Which best website? Uh, com. Excellent stuff. Stephen and Stephen, thank you very much indeed for joining us, chaps. Thank you. Thanks, guys. See you in July. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed for coming on. Wow. That sounds so much fun. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, Andrew Dickinson, YouTube, Westerosi Pie. So there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, apparently a, a, a search you can put in. And uh, we'll do our best to uh, find the YouTube uh, search for that as well and we'll get that up and running and uh, yeah spread the word as much as we possibly can um i presume the tickets are selling reasonably well are you still yep. got a yeah. number left yeah okay yeah there's cool. plenty of things available yep. cool. they're, they're selling quick but you know get on it while you can so <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much where i was going uh, there's not like four or five people who've just bought tickets it's there's, they're doing rather nicely so there we go excellent stuff thank you very much indeed guys thank you sir. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Brilliant. So there we go. That is uh, Stephen Stephen from Game of Thrones, the musical. How cool is that? I think I'm going to do it. I've really hesitated on buying tickets to anything simply because I'm always scared that something else is going to come up, but that sounds like a blast. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Right. So there you go. Those have been our guests for today. Uh, we are trying to line up more guests as we go um, between now and July. Pretty much July is sorted. Uh, we do have uh, Helen O'Hara from Empire Magazine, who's going to be joining us again to talk about the films of Comic-Con. Uh, that's going to be coming up. We've also got, of course, the um, the scheduling dates, um, shows. Those are all lined up. We've also got, I believe... Mark Sibby wants to come on the show next week. So I think we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman next week. But 
this is your time now. What we want you to do is think about the guests that you would like us to get on the show in the next four weeks. What I want you to do is use the hashtag CupOTSCCC and start pestering people. Could you <laughs> go, you know, go to your favorite star and just go, you really need to go on the, the, this, this hangout. You need to talk, talk to Leonard and Alyssa uh, and talk to... Yeah. That's what we want. Start pestering people. People. So there you go. <laughs> cool. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so what shall we do? Where, where shall we go to next? What should we deal with? Uh, you have exclusives. You have uh, on the on the schedule, you have exclusives, which I unfortunately don't know very much about. I've, I am so far out of the exclusive lane. I will say that uh, enter, I, I, not entertainment fact, uh, factory entertainment, I think. Um, with a yellow logo that had a, a really neat Black Panther. This, this, uh, absolutely. Well, yeah, let, let's, let's, uh, cover that now. So, uh, let's me just go to the uh, screen share and mm-hmm. uh, bring up, uh, this, uh, cause, uh, yeah, this is the uh, exclusive directory on an Englishman in San Diego as is. Uh, and yeah, we've got ourselves a number of uh, ones that were released this week. Certainly 2000 AD have brought, uh, um, a couple of t-shirts pretty much geared around the same design. So if I just uh, bring this up, uh, this is based off their new series, which they announced a couple of weeks ago, Mega City, uh, Judge Dread Mega City 1, which is uh, going to be coming to screens in the next couple of years. Obviously, uh, um, Rebellion and 2000 AD are going to do their absolute damnedest to get uh, everyone's attention. And uh, in doing so, they are bringing out this T-shirt where you can either get the Citizen version or the perp version. Um, these are uh, priced in the UK, so it's uh, $24.99, but they are going to be available only at the booth, which is uh, 2806 uh, at San Diego Comic-Con and available from Thursday through the Sunday. So it is available to buy now on shop at uh, shop.2000ad.com, and obviously you'll be able to buy it at the booth as well. But uh, if you're a Judge Dread fan and if you want to get on this, on this uh, uh, nice and early uh, before the TV series, because they are pushing this as a major production. So uh, do keep an eye on that. So that was that. Um, those two which uh, got announced this week. Uh, but the, uh, the one you're talking about is from Factory Entertainment, which was a Black Panther. In fact, they released two this week, uh, a Justice League Cyborg metal uh, miniature and a uh, Marvel Black Panther. We'll do the one that you mentioned, which is the Black Panther uh, metal miniature, which just looks incredible. Um, uh, Going to be available at booth 2647 from Factory. It's priced about $40 uh, with a convention quantity of only 500 pieces. It's a uh, 132 scale hand painted a hand-painted metal miniature figure of the Black Panther in a presentation box with uh, exclusive figure. But if you just have a look at the detailing involved in this thing, it looks incredible. I mean, then again, the I, I was blown away by the Black Panther design for the f- film anyway. Uh, but, I mean, just, if, just have a look at just how it's put together. And then, of course, you've got your presentation box as well. Uh, down at the bottom. But, um, yeah, just uh, front and center, it just looks amazing. No, you're absolutely right. So for $40, there is that. Um, what else have we got? There was another um, thing from Factory Entertainment, the Cyborg Metal. 
The Cyborg Metal Miniature. Yeah, okay, let's uh, pull that up. Uh, this is um, obviously based on the uh, Justice League character. Very similar box presentation uh, as the Black Panther. Uh, priced again at $40, 500 pieces again. Uh, it's the Vic Story version of uh, the Cyborg, uh, which gives you a little bit more of a, a sense of the actual uh, detailing as well of the actual um, the models themselves. Let's see if I can just uh, bring this up, and uh, I need to uh, zoom in a little bit there, uh, just to give you a sense of uh, the the detail of this thing. Very, very, very impressive. Um, forty set, forty dollars. Uh, very good indeed, uh, especially if you are the uh, a cyborg fan. And off the back of the film, obviously his character is going to get a lot of attention as well. Um, I think the other ones as well, which I'm excited about, is a number of uh, items that have been uh, released um, by uh, Mobius Models, uh, which uh, were the latest uh, releases because these only came out or were announced on Friday. Um, there's a Frank uh, Frazetta Death Dealer, which is a, a signature edition, uh, scale 110 model. Um, which is, uh, as far as I'm aware, there's a little bit of construction involved, um, but uh, it's based. It's a styrene kit based on the Frank Frazetta Death Dealer. Um, it comes with a unique numbered signature sleeve signed by Frank Frazetta's Junior, uh, the son of the artist, Jeff Yeager, the master sculptor, and Frank Winsper, uh, the president of Mobius Models. Uh, clocks in at $70. No idea yet about uh, how many of these they're going to be, um, but uh, it's uh, an impressive-looking piece of kit. So apparently going to be a pin set uh, for this uh, particular item. We have yet to find out more details about that, but it does come with a full um, presentation box as well, and there on screen as well, the uh, Frank Frazetta original Death Dealer artwork, which looks incredible. So there you go. Um, paint and cement are required for assembly, not included. So this is that's where I get into trouble because when it comes <laughs> to actually building things, it goes horribly wrong. There is actually something where you don't actually have to build a damn thing. Um, it actually comes uh, fully built out of the box, which is a Batman versus Superman uh, Batwing. Uh, it's a 125 scale. <laughs> this is not... Uh, 40 to 70 dollars. This is 150. This is quite pricey. But then you have a look at it and realize why. It's staggeringly detailed. It's an incredibly impressive looking piece of kit. Comes with a carry bag, an outer box, and a presentation box. But, um, if you're a fan of your superhero, uh, vehicles, especially considering that for me, the Batwing was one of those vehicles which was very odd. The way that the film was lit, you couldn't actually really determine details about the vehicle. Um, and the way that um, Zack Snyder did Batman vs. Superman, it was all clouded in darkness. You couldn't really get in there and see what uh, the Batwing was all about. Now you can. It's an impressive piece of kit. Um, like I say, we've yet to know how many of these are going to be available, but you are looking at $150 available at the Mobius Models uh, booth. Uh, 2946. And last but not least from uh, Mobius is the one that I will be buying. Okay. This is out of all of these. I mean, the Hasbro, the Black Series is nice. The four, five figure sets, sweet. It's all very, very pretty. All of them are really good. 
but this is $8. I can afford $8. <laughs> I can do that. Um, and also, I'm a, I'm a massive 2001 fan. So it's a lapel pin. Um, and it's based on the HAL eye plate. Oh. Oh, I want that. How cool is that? <laughs> I want that. Absolutely. No, no, it's that's a, it's, a, it's, it's a two, it's a, a two inch high lapel pin, but butterfly clasp on the back, eight dollars. Um, that's mine. I'm sold. I am so sold. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the first so, thing that I've really said. Okay, I'm going for that. Absolutely. It's small. It's easy. I don't have to. You know, it's not a huge box like a. I was just looking. You know, I was just went through my basement. And I was looking at uh, my Megaplex from Hasbro. <laughs> and I've got two of these, and they're huge. And I, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, the other, the other thing as well that someone pointed out when I posted about this on Twitter, it's the anniversary next year. It's, six, <gasps> it's 60 years. Wow. 60 years of 2001. Wow, that's at right. At which point, I, I then 68. started thinking, I thought, well, hang on, this is my whole age moment. If I put together a 2001 panel, I, if I get all the cast, how many of them are still alive? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. You, 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 the idea kind of derailed itself really quickly. Yeah. Uh, but no, it looks, I'm a 2001 fan, so no, I'm, I'm down with that. That Absolutely. looks impressive. Oh, it's 50 years. Sorry, uh, Andrew Dickinson. He's my he's my little um, Chipetto. He's the one that keeps me on square <laughs> on these things. Um, amazing. Um, so there we go. Um, thank you very much indeed to Dan Berry for shouting out and uh, pointing me in the direction for those. But that's Mobius models um, available. Um, well, I, I think that I think they're available for pre-order now, um, but um, they are going to be available at the convention. So there we go. Cool. And I think that's it in terms of Comic-Con news. Well, I think there was a little bit that you did get an email from CCI. Right. Yes, I did. Um, but um, this was off the back of uh, various things that have happened over the course of um, the last seven days. Um, first and foremost, I was going to put this at the uh, the end of the show, but I think we can... Uh, say certainly as our own personal uh, tribute uh, to the resilience of the people of uh, Manchester after the uh, attack at the Ariana Grande uh, concert on Monday evening. Um, it was a devastating thing that happened. Um, it was an attack on young people and young children. And it was heartbreaking. But what was almost instantly uh, the the most gratifying thing to see that came out of it was the solidarity, um, not just in Manchester but worldwide, but certainly within the city, uh, of people coming together, um, and it was a powerful thing to see. Off the back of that, I suspect a lot of people were heightened in terms of security at events. Certainly here in the UK, MCM is running this weekend. Uh, various other events are coming up, and of course internationally. It did raise the questions again about um, what uh, uh, conventions are doing to make their attendees safe, especially as well 
off the back of the event that happened at uh, Phoenix Comic Con on Thursday. A 40-year-old gentleman uh, was um, taken to the ground by uh, police uh, at Phoenix, uh, con- uh, accosted uh, by... Um, oh, the, the gentleman was uh, fully tooled up with a handguns, a shotgun and blades with the intention of doing harm to a number of cast members that were attending Phoenix Comic Con this weekend. At which point, Phoenix Comic Con introduced a um, blanket-wide cosplay weapons ban, certainly on things like guns, pulse rifles, uh, blades, anything that could be misconstrued as a very dangerous weapon. Um, Dan Berry, 30-year-old, 40... I said 30-year-old. I'm sure I said 30. Did I? I'm sure I said 30. But anyway, that's uh, details. Mm-hmm. Um, so at which point um, Phoenix Comic Con then um, introduced this ban and uh, a, uh, yes, as we- uh, Andrew Dickinson says, a weapons trader refused to comply with the rules and a whole number of tensions ramped up over the course of the weekend. Thankfully, um, it has kind of eased itself down. I've been paying attention to uh, social media today, certainly in terms of Phoenix Comic Con. Everyone seems to have settled down into a, a sense of equilibrium about the whole situation. But they do recognise that something had to be introduced off the back of this uh, uh, security scare. At which point I then got in contact with CCI because uh, I wanted to talk to them about what their communications had been. And, as correctly pointed out by the unofficial blog, uh, when they commented on the tweet, um, yes, it's the same setup as we're going to be familiar with um, at San Diego in the past, uh, in terms of the security booth at the front of uh, the convention center, in terms of the uh, security uh, around the various entrances to the convention center as well, and possibly also a reintroduction of the um, armed um, police presence um, that was looking down over uh, the Hall H area uh, of the convention center as well. So that was introduced last year. We may be seeing that again. But what was interesting was that they were saying that they were staying in complete um, communication with uh, the police department in San Diego, with national law enforcement as well, and they are doing what they can to make sure and ensure our safety, which I'm sure we all take uh, incredible gratitude that they make those efforts. So, yeah, what's been the chatter on the forum about it, especially when it comes to the Phoenix Comic Con element of that? Um, the issues seem to really break down into how much security do we want? Um, yes, we all want to feel safe. However, um, by by banning all prop weapons entirely, it devastates cosplayers because they've they've worked on these costumes for a long time. I did hear some reports that people were substituting um, a cardboard cutout or uh, bananas or you know uh, these types of of things. But that's it, the problem comes when. There's such a clampdown that people can't go about and enjoy their, their, the convention. Now, I totally understand, uh, security at, uh, at concerts. Um, the concert in Paris, uh, a year or so ago, 
the concert in Manchester are absolutely devastating. These are people who are just going to enjoy themselves like we are at Comic-Con. But the, the fact of the matter is, is that if this, if somebody wants to do this, they are, they can, they've got a gazillion targets in the gas lamp and which has nothing to do with CCI. That's the sin. That's the San Diego police department. It's it, so there are always going to be those checkpoints in which um, something could happen just outside of the checkpoint. So it could happen at the airport if downtown is is uh, clamped down on. And so I'm, you know, I'm I'm kind of wondering how far if Phoenix went a little too far. It is my is my worry in banning all cosplay props. Um, I can uh, to totally understand, you know, no, no sharp edges. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I know people would get, I mean, people have taken the side of uh, the company uh, that uh, refused to comply with the rules, which was Ultra Sabres. Um, however, I can't have too much sympathy for them when they were a effectively a trader of replica weapons, whatever type. I mean, they were, it doesn't matter if it's like, I don't know, mallets from Harley Quinn or something. They were invited to a mandatory meeting on the Friday morning and they didn't show up. They um, were asked to implement certain uh, changes to their trading policies, which they refused to do. They were then asked to leave the convention, at which point they then smuggled themselves back in to hand out flyers. While I have every sympathy for a trader who has their business affected by implementation of security measures, when you then go and basically piss on your own back door, I'm sorry, I, I don't have that much sympathy. Um, certainly we've got hey. one or two people. Oh, oh. Sure. No, no, I totally agree with you that um, that it's a different matter if you're selling a product at, at the convention center and you do need to be aware of this situation and the, you know, the surrounding moves. Surrounding and the absolutely. I mean, it's totally it's totally possible. The point that I'm having a problem with uh, personally is all of the cosplayers who have obviously fake weapons. <laughs> and they can't. I mean, I'm, I'm talking the the, not, the non replicas, the the yeah. ones that are are uh, Nerf guns, you know, those kinds of things. So that's sure. I feel sympathy for those guys. Yeah. But um, let's go through down a couple of the comments. Um, Andrew English, this is based off the uh, uh, implementation at MCM Expo this weekend. Uh, certain weapons were banned at MCM, but sniffer dogs and bag checkers didn't really affect getting into the event. Uh, so there. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. The target of the gentleman on the Thursday with Jason David Frank, the Green White Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, da -da -da -da. Dan Berry, uh, isn't the CCI statement the same as they released last year after the Orlando Club incident. Yes, but don't forget, uh, last year, they did ramp up the security around San Diego quite considerably. Um, and I think, to be honest, that's the level we're going to see in July. Um, it didn't affect too much. Uh, it was unobtrusive. Um, someone on uh, Twitter this afternoon suggested that perhaps uh, bag checks could be uh, implemented at Comic-Con. 
I personally don't feel, number one, it's feasible. It's a logistic nightmare. Uh, where do you put the bag checks? Where do you implement them? Um, do you ch- bag check everybody? There's too many ins and outs. There's too many doors to get uh, backwards and forwards. It's that it, I personally don't see how that would be implemented. Um, I think at the moment it would be the, the the process that we've seen in 2016. Michael P, remember the terrorists win if we change. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Phoenix has an open. One hundred percent, Michael. Absolutely. Damn right. Damn right. Uh, Dan Berry, Phoenix, Arizona has an open carry law, um, which uh, was, I understand, the defence of the uh, the gentleman that was uh, tackled. Um, Andrew Dickinson, I was a reenactor for thirty years, and even prop weapons can kill. Enough with an anything with enough reach and mass can do some uh, serious damage. It's true. It's absolutely. It's like you say, anything can be construed as a weapon. This guy, at the end of the day, came in with the real deal. Um, I understand what you're saying. I totally, you know, but I'm talking about like 3D printer stuff that doesn't shoot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. It's, you know, pew pew. (laughs) Not sure. (laughs) I mean, I think anyone anyone carrying a phaser uh, is, yeah, yeah, I I I totally get. But it's when you then have someone who's doing a suicide squad. Yeah. uh, With a replica AK 47. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the line? Where, where, where's the line? Um, da, 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 da. um, Graham Small. Oh, come on, the Power Rangers weren't that bad. <laughs> I, yep, you're absolutely right. And uh, the, I think the last point we'll leave certainly when it comes to Ultra Sabers. Uh, Ultra Saber was even given a full refund. It's not like they were just kicked out of the building. Um, they at the end of the day, they weren't. They didn't comply with the basic instructions that they were given. Eating, for God's sake. You send somebody. One, Ridiculous. Two, two points. I do want to make two final points on this. One, uh, statistically, uh, it's still safer than 98% of, 99% of the other, um, big sporting events. Uh, big events out there. It's just, you know, use the same rationale that you do to get on a plane uh, in that it's safer to, to get on a plane than it is to drive. Number one. And number two, know that everybody who is in production um, has the security um, out, has an eye for security out there because of these two events. I, I could virtually say that with, without a doubt. And the third last point, see something, Say something. Correct. Absolutely. Because it's dependent upon all of us. If you see somebody that's got a, a, a bomb vest on that looks real, <laughs> say something. Yeah. You know? Hmm. I didn't need to say that. I know. But because we're all smart. Well, but Yeah. And not only that, I think a lot of us also recognize the tone of people that attend Comic-Con. Because of the, the reason why we go there to celebrate fandom, there is, I mean, admittedly, yes, it gets hot. People get cranky, but that's a different type of <laughs> freneticism. You can, I think people can spot, um, mm-hmm. real anger of a mile away, but mm-hmm. there we go. 
Okay, I think the only other thing that did get announced last week, just to kind of um, talk about uh, wrap-ups, TCI news, uh, was at last, thank God, finally, one <laughs> last uh, special guest announcement from Comic-Con. Yes. Considering that they were going to wrap these up at the end of April. Jesus. Okay, so no, they finally got them out, but 56 people are going to be uh, showing up as special guests at Comic-Con uh, this year. And uh, on Monday, they announced that they were going to get one more name. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Stan, the man. <laughs> oh, he's still her beating heart. Uh, totally. Absolutely. I, I may actually go for another photo op with him just because, you know, I'll, I'll break my trend. And, and uh, he's, you know, he's the he's what he's the icon. He's the man. He's, he's the father of the of everything. So I, you know. Yeah, I, I did quite, I did quite like the statement there. Another photo op. Uh, Caroline has been trying for four years on the trot now. Um, she's not bitter. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, there we go. Um, writer, editor, editor, publisher, uh, Stan the Man. And as you've seen over the last couple of years, he has been scaling back his appearances at conventions from international. Uh, to European, to, uh, American, North American. It's, the, the window is getting smaller and smaller. So I'm not, I mean, let me uh, touch wood. I have a bit, some wood here. I, excuse me, let me rephrase that. There is actually a wooden bedpost here, which I will touch. Um, <laughs> and I will say. <laughs> okay. Do, doing the, the <laughs> me, show from rephrase. your back. <laughs> yes, let me rephrase this. Um, but let's yeah, you touch wood. Like, I, you're 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 red I'm, here. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but um, we can tell basically. Uh, well, no, but very very quickly. Um, so yeah, at the end of the day, we could be getting uh, a, the, our, one of our final chances to see Stan. Uh, in the flesh. Uh, so do check that out. Uh, something that I'm going to be writing up this week, um, which I should have done last week when it was officially announced, uh, HasbroCon, of course. Uh, we are going to be having that. Uh, Hasbro are doing their own convention, and Stan is the uh, one of the featured guests at that. Uh, Danbury, I expect Stanley not to leave the SoCal area for cons, only Kamikaze and Comic-Con uh, from, uh, from now on. So there we go. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I said knock on wood. I, I I behaved, kind of. Anyway, so there we go. Um, Stanley coming to Comic Con. Week in television, go for it. Uh, we are wrapping up finals, so we've got a lot of shows are ending. Uh, the last remnants of shows are ending with um, Lucifer, uh, Prison Break, uh, The Americans, uh, fifth season. Ending finale is happening this week. Amazing race. One of my favorites. I love the travel stuff. Um, I wanted to ask you about Leonard class. You originally, when it was brought up, had was, didn't have a lot to say about class. Uh, the um, doctor who spin off. No. And I'm wondering about, did, did it go into a season two? Can we expect anything more or is, is one and done? Um, I would personally say there's going to be a season two purely because of how popular it's been in the States. Um, here in the UK, it hasn't, it didn't really take off. Um, it just 
didn't make any kind of impact. I think partially because it was being shown on the digital channel, uh, the uh, BBC dig- digital digital channel here in the UK. So it kind of like it got it kind of got buried, um, mm-hmm. as it were. So um, in the states, you've had more of a chance to um, embrace it. Um, I know that uh, a couple of the cast members have been at MCM this year, and yet they did get um, some sizable lines. So there is a very mm-hmm. core cool fan base. I think the best show I can equate it to is Orphan Black. Have the biggest audience. It had a passionate audience, mm-hmm. uh, which only grew in time. Um, I'm hoping that the BBC allow it to grow organically. Um, mm-hmm. but who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, all for organic growth. That that seems to be the the best model out there. Uh, we do have a couple since we're in the uh, the the American holiday of uh, Memorial Day weekend. We do have a reduced schedule this week for new shows. Um, however, we are getting um, a couple of new cooking shows with Gordon Ramsay, um, which is one of my favorites. I know I I enjoy Hell's Kitchen and and the new show is a, a blend of F word. Uh, it's called F Word with Gordon Ramsay, and it's a blend of variety and cooking shows. I'll give it a shot just because um, Animal Kingdom is coming back. I believe that was on FX or I'm, I'm not I forget which which uh, uh, network that's on. But the big one is House of Cards is dropping on Tuesday. Um, a lot of people around here are really looking forward to that one. Uh, coming up in the following weeks, we're going to start getting into all of our summer shows. So we'll start seeing uh, Zoo is coming back, uh, a variety of other shows. And we'll start bringing sure. that up next week um, when they actually start premiering. So that's the week in television and uh, Netflix. Um, very quickly, you've got uh, Angela Cockwell, apart, in, buried amongst all the comments going, House of Cards! Woo! House of Cards! <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Angela Copley is also saying the Lucifer season finale is uh yes. this week as well. Yes, no Lucifer, uh Prison Break, The Americans, Amazing Race and Class. I thought there was one other there was another show or two that was but these are all shows that are are um there's another show that's ending too sure. that I wasn't quite sure about. But uh, apparently The Americans is also going to be a big one on Tuesday night too. So okay. if you do watch that show, don't be make sure you catch it live. Fair enough. Um, certainly the show that I've been catching up with this week, um, Twin Peaks. Yeah. Uh, yes. I decided to, I decided to <laughs> bite into that slice of weirdness. Um, and it is um, one thing I would say is if you didn't embrace the Lynchian moments of the series when it first came out, then this will not interest you at all certainly around episode three you will probably just go <laughs> and just nah, <laughs> stick it in a stick it, stick it in a blender and hit frappe it's just oh uh, uh plenty plenty weird but um i I'm, I'm suspecting and that well partially because i think he'll want he's going to be doing the show in his own terms unlike the uh, season two of the original series, it's going to be David Lynch doing David Lynch. He's, it's going to be his show. So I think he's going to allow it to pay off as much as he wants it to pay off, and it'll be enough. 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that. Um, I wish got... that I could afford all of these channels. I still am trying to catch up on uh, the the other one on Stars, um, that that and and this one and this show. So I I you know I just want them all to be on one channel, so I don't have to keep paying for all of these individual channels. I did wanted to say also I think we're seeing the season finale of Ima- Imaginary. That and I think that that's the uh, that has not been remo- renewed also, so that's the the end of it. But. Okay, no, that's cool. Yep. Um, we did have somebody that was asking about um, last ship. I haven't heard of any date. I know that it's been renewed mm-hmm. for a ten episode um, fourth season, but we've not. I don't believe we've got a date yet. Um, but as far as I'm aware, also, we have got, there is a 10 episode, uh, fifth season on the way as well. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be imminent. So no, we'll keep our eyes open for that. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to try and do some work on a summer, uh, summer premiere, uh, series that, you know, that's going on. Um, Zoo is the one that's been catch, getting a lot of airplay in my area. That's, um, actually, I never watched the first couple of seasons, but I think I may actually turn into it, um, massive, yeah. <laughs> Creatures was, was, was last week the season finale for Riverdale. Uh, it's a yes. show that I haven't been watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kitty Gunn has uh, asked about that. Uh, mm-hmm. Andy Baybacht is saying hi. Hi. Um, hi. Don't forget, Andy Baybacht is going to be special guest on the unofficial blogs show on Wednesday. Uh, so do cho- do tune into that. Uh, so uh, catch Andy on the show, and hopefully we'll get him on our show at some point. That would be so, wonderful yeah. to see him again. We do have uh, basketball finals are happening here in the States. So this week also. So just expect all the sports people to be going. We're going to wrap things up. It's okay. And not only that, but it's um, it's Memorial Day and it's Bank Holiday Weekend yes. here. So people are wanting to get off. So we'll get off. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Super Cat Chick, I'm validating my Showtime subscription by watching Twin Weeks and catching up on Ray, <laughs> catching up on Ray Donovan, so it makes it okay. Yeah, I understand that. Um, Graham Small, last ship, 21st of August is where he's hearing that. Hmm. I, I was looking through a couple of websites. I couldn't quite see a date, so thank you very much indeed for that, Graham. Uh, Kitty Gun Legion has a slight, and I mean slight, vibe of Twin Peaks. Um, right. Legion is very, very good, and it's very, very strange. Twin Peaks is a whole other ball of <laughs> bizarre. Uh, <laughs> it's a whole other world of weird. Um, no, that's very, very cool. Uh, Karen Session, say thank you to a veteran. Absolutely. I think that's a, a perfect, perfect way to wrap things up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So, uh, thank you very much indeed for watching on today's show. Once again, let's see if we can uh, get some groundswell and find out who you would like us to uh, get on the show uh, for guests over the next couple of weeks. Uh, like I say, we've got ourselves our guests in that uh, certainly the three, four weeks leading up to uh, uh, San Diego. But I think we've got a two, three week window where we could just have anybody on. So let's see what we can get on. Next week, we will be having Mark Serby because uh, me and him are going to be talking about Wonder Woman. Uh, but that's going to be kind of like at the back end. Let's have something to talk about uh, as well and have a guest on. So thank you very much indeed. Uh, Alyssa, where can people find you online? At uh, Friends of CCI is my Twitter handle and friendsofcc.com. 
excellent stuff. And for myself, uh, you can find me on the various social medias, Englishman SDCC. And of course, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, Instagram. Maybe not Pinterest. Scrap that one. Um, <laughs> you can also find me at uh, patreon.com slash Englishman SDCC. Do take care. Enjoy the rest of your bank holiday weekend or Memorial Day. Uh, do uh, have yourself the rest of a great weekend. And from us too, we'll see you soon. Thanks again to our fantastic guests. Uh, just to say, I knew I was going to say, say something. Thank you so much to Emily. Thanks to Stephen and Stephen. Do check their sites out. Traveling Stories. Check out um, Game of Thrones the Musical. Lots of stuff. So there we go. Bye. Take care. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.